from New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Dr. Deborah Waterbury, and she is the creator, the owner, the impetus, the rocket fuel behind a project called Project Melanda, and she has a Project Melanda collection. And you guys are going to want to check this out as you listen to the show, because this is super cool. So I want you guys to go to my Melanda. Now, Melanda is spelled M-A-L-O-N-D-A girls. That's girls with an S. MyMelandaGirls.com. Look at the Elizabeth collection. Look at the Project Melanda collection. It is super, super cool. You're going to be so glad you did. And you're going to really love this interview. You're going to love this lady. Now I have to ask you, what does Melanda mean? I know there's some meaning behind it. Oh, there he is. And th- first of all, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Melanda, uh, the, the school that this, the, this project helps is in Malawi, Africa. And so I chose Melanda means trade in Chichua. And Chichua is the indigenous language of Malawi. So I really wanted to just pay homage to where this whole thing started. And it's not where it's going to end by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to be building schools in Mozambique and in Zimbabwe and South Africa. I've got requests all over the place, which of course this project hopefully will help facilitate, but I wanted to pay homage to where the whole thing started, which is in Malawi. So Malanda is Chichua for trade. And so what's going on here? You're making schools. Like, is this, you know, is this schools for girls, schools for everybody? What, what, tell me about it. The schools are for women. And what we did was choose the most impoverished women from the most impoverished countries. And I had been going over to Malawi, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Mozambique, all these countries for quite some time teaching and um, just kind of ministering to those women there. And I began to really recognize that a lot of those women had no way of taking care of themselves or their families. And they were often not just taking care of themselves and their children, but all kinds of children in these villages. And because these are very poor countries and these are very poor women, they really weren't given any opportunity for a higher education or any opportunity to have a business. So we started the first school called Reap What You Sow, and so is SEW. And that school is to train women to be tailors, but we also train them in business and accounting so that after they finish the school, which is six months of training, we also give them the machine that they've been sewing on, as well as a starter kit, and then they go and start their own businesses. And we have right now just graduated class number eight, and about, I think the last count was 87% of our graduates are now running their own businesses successfully and have come out of poverty. So that's that's the idea behind it, and I want to open these schools, obviously, in many, many other impoverished countries. Well, and what a wonderful idea, you know, and it's not that 
far away from our American roots here in the United States. You know, my grandmother was Ukrainian and she came to this country and she had no skills. She worked in a sewing factory and then eventually had her own seamstress business and sewed curtains and slip covers and all these things and supported my mother. She was a single mom in the thirties when, you know, it wasn't fashionable to be a single mom. Not that I'm fashionable as a single mom, but... (laughs) But the point being is like if you give somebody a machine or you give them training and they're a mom, they're going to run with it because they got mouths to feed. They've got that pressure. And um, I love that you do that. Now, where did this idea come from? It had to come from somewhere. Well, it certainly didn't come from me because I can't even sew, which is really dumb that I'm I'm running a trade school about tailoring. My mama still thinks that's funny, but um, I was just trying to figure out a way that I could practically help these women. And I knew I didn't want to all the traditional things. I just I don't know. I just didn't want to do. And I was talking to this beautiful Kenyan woman one time mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs, and she was talking about this idea she had about doing this in her uh, home village in Nairobi. And I don't know. I just, I think it was the Holy Spirit just totally slammed me in my face. And the next thing I knew, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine in Blantyre, Malawi. And about six months later, we opened the school. I, it just really took off. And we're, I was able to get some donors to help us start the first school. And, you know, now it is totally donor run, which is not what my vision is for this. This is why we are launching. We've launched, launched My Melinda Girls, these dolls. And we'll, I know we'll talk about those more in a minute. But the, all the proceeds for these dolls go to the school and go to hopefully open more schools in more countries. I I want eventually to not have to worry about um, getting donor money from people and who are just not, you know, it's it's much nicer to get something for what you're giving, even though people are so generous and I don't mean to imply that they're not. Dr. Waterbury, I'm just gonna jump in here for a second and thank our sponsor because our sponsor is so great today. They are in alignment with our values, our vision, our passion, and our purpose. Ever wonder how to merge passion and purpose? Do you ever wonder what your life would look like if you went down a completely different path? From Amazon Music, Season 2 of the Daigle Bites podcast is here to explore what could have been and maybe even inspire you to try new things along the way. Hosted by two-time Grammy, seven-time Billboard Music Award, and a four-time American Music Award winner, Lauren Daigle. This impressive artist is sitting down with some of the most well-respected and well-known personalities in industries Lauren may have chosen if she didn't pursue music. Guests like TV host Kristen Griffith, Vanderyat, Olympian Ryan Murphy, podcaster Annie F. Downs, network creator Corey Robertson, astronaut Shane Kimbrew, yep, from space, and more. When Lauren brought her Delta Blues smokehouse voice from the Louisiana Bayou to Nashville, everyone knew she was a singular talent. But Lauren's real gift is her ability to deeply connect with people. It's what made her the fastest selling new country Christian artist over the past decade and given her soulful, authentic vocal power a true following. Tune in for inspiring, hilarious, and encouraging conversations about chasing a new dream or reconnecting to the purpose behind your current one. To hear all of season two, follow the Daigle Bites podcast on Amazon Music. New episodes come out 
each week. Now we're talking today to Dr. Deborah Waterbury, and she's the founder of two trade schools for impoverished women in Malawi, Africa, the Reap What You Sow School for Women. And Project Malanda are these cool little dolls that they make, and they sell to raise money to buy more sewing machines for women in Malawi. And these sewing machines are super cool. They're like my grandma used to have. They're the old pedal kind, because in many of the places in Africa, they don't have the electricity they need. So you were talking a little bit about the dolls before I interrupted you and how cool these dolls are. Getting the doll, which is clothed in a dress that was made by a graduate in that very country where the school exists, really connects you in a way that spending <laughs> money does not. Um, I just, I don't know. I think a lot of it is about connecting women to women and people to people across the globe. And that's just another way to do it. Well, and I love, you know, and I, I'm all for that. I like charities to be self-fulfilling, you know, that they can, they can continue on eventually, you know, without the seed money, without the donor money, because mm -hmm. that's sustainable. And I have to tell you though, I'm a purse person. <laughs> like I have a million handbags and I'm, I just happen to like glance over and I'm like, Oh, there's the project Melanda <laughs> collection. And there's a red African scarf and purse. And these are reasonably priced. They're 40 $9.99. These are not two, $300 items that you expect to pay, you know, for these tote bags. And I keep going, well, do I want the purple zebra Africa scarf in the purse or do I want the red one? But they're so affordable that I could get both. And <laughs> the proceeds go to Project Melanda. And that's really fun because now we're shopping with a cause. Yes, very good. And that is exactly the point. And, you know, these women, the scarves are, um, and the thing that, that I love about this project with, with the handbags, we're going to be doing lots of things with scarves, tablecloths, you know, napkins, plus the dolls, everything. This is all African fabric made by the women from the school, the Reap What You Sew School. And it is so much more fun to be able to have something in your possession that, yes. that was made by the hands that you're helping to support. I mean, I don't know. There's just a tangible connection there that I totally dig. And I'm, I'm glad you dig it too, because I think it's a cool thing. Yes. And what's really cool, like, cause I'm a, I'm a huge internet shopper. I'm actually on your site right now. As we're talking, I bought the project Melanda purple zebra Africa scarf and purse, the project Melanda red African scarf and purse. The whole <laughs> thing was only a hundred bucks and you take PayPal. Yes. So mm -hmm. you've got shop pay, you've got Google pay, like you make it so easy for us to support your good work. And I got to tell you, these purses, we're going to talk about dolls later, but <laughs> these are cool. They're, they're cool. You know yeah, what I mean? I like these. Are. Yeah, they are. They're beautiful. And we have a bunch of those different scarves. And my marketing um, director for My Melinda Girls happens to be just an online store guru. And so she just keeps walking into my office and saying, what do you think about this idea? And again, as I said, I fly blind here because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So I just look at her every time and go, that's just great. That's wonderful. What do you need from me? And I never need, she never needs anything. She just needs me to say yes. And I always say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and it just shows that, you know, we always think that there has to be some magic, um, like money fairy that comes down and you need to have, um, you know, huge education and all these resources to start a school. And what you're telling me is you didn't. Mm -mm. No, uh, we didn't. I had to have literally 
just move. You know, I tell women this all the time in all kinds of areas of your life. You can dream and dream and dream and think and think and think, but until you put one foot in front of the other, nothing's going to happen. And and if you wait until everything is lined up before you put a foot in front of the other, you will never do a thing. But if you want to do what you want to do and you have a dream, just start walking. I mean, you don't have to run at it. As a matter of fact, I don't suggest that you do run at it, but you have to walk toward it. So just do something. Just just do it. And it'll either work or not. And if it doesn't work, then do something else. Right. There's no such thing as a failure. You just keep moving. Right. Absolutely. You just keep moving. And, you know, I formed three businesses before I, um, you know, before I created my um, business that I have today. And they started, they failed, they started, they failed, they started, they succeeded. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, uh, is it Bill Gates that said he failed, I know, like over a thousand times before he finally succeeded. You don't, I don't you, that's, that's just the name of the game. You, there's no such thing really as failure. There's just, okay, that's not the one. And you just move on. It's like I always told my boys growing up, there's no such thing as no, there's just, let's find a way. So you just got to have that mentality when you're starting businesses or doing anything. Right, right. My thing is, and I learned this with the Marine Corps is you either win or you grow. <laughs> very good and then like you there is no that. losing um you know you can't really lose because like when i look and sometimes people will say to me you know oh that's so sad that you had a couple failed businesses and i'm like I, it was so it taken aback by that because i'm like i didn't fail at business no. like those were learning those were like practices and you know i've only had one marriage but maybe if i have a second marriage in my life um i will look at the first marriage as not as a failure but as a learning like as a starter as a something that's prepared me for today and um you know i just think that that's so important that our mindset be in the right place like you're working with these malawi women who have no other means of support they don't have an education their mindset has to change at some point they have to believe they can Amen. they have to buy into your philosophy that if you learn to sew if you do these things you can support your family amen and you know the they and these women they want to so badly we can take 10 women at a time in the school because we have to buy new machines every six months because they're going to get that machine when they finish so we can have 10 at a time which is you know limited us over the years to how many we could that means we're only graduating 20 a year in malawi but and we've got a waiting list of over 200 women waiting to get into the school and this is just in Malawi and we haven't even opened the ones in the other countries yet so um, yeah these women are they're like want these opportunities so badly because they know they can if given the means to do so and somebody's got to step in and help them it's not that they want charity they just need some help getting started right right they just need a start just need something you know and we all do yes you know we all do and so where do you get the machines from like do they how do you get them to africa are they produced in africa or what happens in africa we buy everything in africa in the country, we try to do it in the country where the school is, because, you know, the whole point is and our, 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 our motto for our business for Project Melinda is one woman, one business at a time. And what we're saying is you can change the course of entire nations just by starting with one woman and one business. Sure. And 
Well, the only way to do that, though, to change the economy of that nation is to use everything from that nation. So the fabric comes from the na that nation, the thread, the, the machines, everything we buy on the actual economy where the school is located. We'll do the same thing in Zimbabwe, South Africa, Mozambique. We'll buy machines and all that stuff from that country. Gotcha. So it feeds back into that country. Well, and the good thing about that, like, you know, I've worked with a lot of different charities over the years that have put provisions in place in these places, and then they can't get parts. Right. They can't get parts for the wells. They can't get parts for the electronics. And, you know, they their hearts were in the right place and they put all these things in there. But when they break, how do they get parts? And so if you bought it within that country, then I would imagine there's a parts trade in there so that they can keep these machines going. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. And they know what they need. You know, you yeah. buy a machine. We could probably buy the same machine in China or some other country but they have these machines have been adapted and made specifically to move and work and actually function in Malawi. And, you know, a lot of these women live in huts and villages, very, very remote. Um, there's no electricity anywhere. So these machines are adapted and used and made for women who will have no access to electricity and may not have access to anybody who could fix a machine. So they're really very simple you know, foot crank machines that even if they can't get a part, somebody in the village could make the part. Do you know what I mean? So gotcha. yeah, because I remember that my grandma's old singer, we still have it in our house and it was a foot pedal, you know, it had yeah. a big metal pedal on the bottom, this great, you yeah. know, and that caused the the sewing head to go up and down and in a little dial, you know, like that, you know, and I know you're envisioning it, that old black singer. Well, that's you know. what I used to have one of those too, but that's what these machines look like. They look very much like those old singers. They're in the little chest, you know, the big oh. chest with the foot. They look very much like an old Singer machine. Yeah, well, they made sense because you flip the sewing machine down, you have a table to cut the fabric, to measure, to bind, to do whatever. Then you flip it over and you do the machine, you know, part of the setting. Um, I think it's brilliant that it goes back to that original, you know, those original machines. Very you know, how smart is that? Mm -hmm. Very functional. So yeah, that's everything we do right now. Everything I do in most every, uh, all my businesses really, as I've said, are very inextricably linked to helping those women and connecting women across the globe. Uh, those of us in, in America and the UK and a lot of these places that are buying these dolls and buying the purses and stuff, um, we are in a position to be able to help our sisters who cannot do so. But it's, and again, not charity, it really is just connection. We, of course, I wanna help every woman be empowered to take care of herself. Um, doesn't matter what nation she's from, just sometimes those, those, are, those um, experiences and opportunities are not available on a widespread basis like we're so used to and can even take for granted at times. Well, and what I love about this is this is the like empowerment begets empowerment because if you have one leader, like one friend leader or sister leader in the community that does this, who's brave and willing to try and, you know, maybe she fails, maybe she makes a mistake, maybe she embarrasses herself, which is, you know, all the things that go through women do that mind. every day. <laughs> yeah, right. I do that. Right. That's a, right. That's a given. That's, you know, um, but the point is that if you can get one person in the group to buy in and there's the machine there she can run this business, but she could also then employ her friends and the people who trust her to lead them. Yeah. Because one machine can go 24 seven, 
if women are willing and you know women are up all night women will do anything to support their families absolutely and you know we're seeing that even in malawi a lot of our um, women are training other women in the villages yep. and they're expanding their businesses a couple of our really good success stories one of her one of them is that she has created her own shop and she's also hired her dad now and she bought a second machine taught her dad how to sew hired her sister to do marketing and then she now has franchised out and and um, um, trained two other women in the village and has another shop in another part of the village where she's now franchised out. I just love that entrepreneurial spirit. Where why not? You're a woman has nothing. I love this whole attitude and the whole thing that it just you just give a little bit of a, someone a little bit of empowerment and just watch them go. Right. And we all need clothes, you know, purses wear out, you know, women want scarves. I mean, this is something that is so um, I own a couple purses from Africa. I don't know, whatever charity was selling them. And, you know, and, and they're all, one was made with like old t-shirts and stuff. And I love it. I could sleep with it. It's like this soft bag. My dad says it's the ugliest purse he's ever seen because he only <laughs> likes the traditional kind. Of course. I love it. It's my hippie boho bag, you know, like when I go out to the ocean and it's, it could be thrown in the washer. Like oh, there's cool. so many uses for these things. But mm -hmm. I really, and I, I'm not kidding you. I, I want you today to go home and check your orders. I did pay. I just ordered because I got a receipt for Love Everlasting Ministries. Like what's not to love? <laughs> I decided to order both because A, I'm a purse hound, but B, I know that these will last. Like yeah. I can look at them, you know, like I, I can't wait to get them in person, but I looked at these up close. I find in on the stitching and the sewing, and these aren't things that you're going to buy and fall apart. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, my, my marketing person probably is going to be like, goodness gracious, Deb, you need to do more of these interviews. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's how it goes. Now, let me ask you, how much is a sewing machine? Like if somebody's interested listening today, they want to sponsor a sewing machine. How much is a sewing machine? $250. We'll buy a sewing machine for a woman. Um, and then, you know, we have a, we've got different, if they go on to projectmelunda.org, which is our big overarching umbrella, um, they can, people, there are different levels of donations if people want to do that. And what I do is put on there what each level will will actually pay. Like there's a, I think there's a $40 limit, a $50 limit and a hundred dollar limit and, and uh, that you pay monthly and what that will actually buy for a woman. It, Cause it'll either put her through the college, you know, the, the school the whole time, buy a machine and her, um, all the materials It might pay for the teacher, but I've just kind of broken it down so that you know what it is that your money will help this woman with. Well, and that's so great because you get to, and you get to assign which fund it goes to. Mm -hmm, so you've got this monthly student support, so you could support a student mm -hmm. and you have the vision trip Malawi. What's that? That is one that we take a group of women and men um, once a year. We haven't gotten to go since 2019, obviously, since the COVID, but we usually do a vision trip and it's a week where we're in Malawi. Um, they, we, they'll, we'll go to a graduation. We'll go on a little safari. We go into the market. You get to buy goods. We go and visit it, <clears throat> all the businesses of the women who have been there. It's just pretty much to experience the culture there and get like personally connected to these women and to what their lives are like and to be able to go to Africa. I mean, it's kind of cool. It um, is. Yeah, we have a vision trip as well. And where do you, where can anyone go on the vision trip? They sure can. Yeah. We haven't got, like I said, we've had to suspend it. Right. Until 
planes actually fly back into a Malawi again because they've kind of stopped. Malawi is a very, very tiny little country. And so the only, only airlines that really fly into that have gone out of business because of COVID. So we've got to wait until something happens and we can get back into the country. But as soon as it does, we'll start those back up again. Gotcha. Now I'm looking at Malawi on the map because I'm not familiar with it. Is that by, it looks like it's by Mozambique? Yep, Mozambique and Zimbabwe, a little bit north of South Africa. It's kind of over on that side of Africa as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful country. They, it's known as the warm heart of Africa because those people are the sweetest people. But Malawi is also very tropical, and it's where most Africans go when they go on vacation. They go to Malawi. Yep. It's yeah, it looks like a resort, you know, more resort area with the pretty water and yeah, it's gorgeous. Wow. So if you're going to go, if you want to help people and you love to travel and you like the ocean and you like the tropical, you know, this is really a, a great opportunity. And it's one of those things where it's not necessarily about you're not going over there to build huts to teach and work the whole time. It sounds like you're going to enjoy. You are. Yeah, we don't. It's not a it's not a mission trip at all. The vision trip is a literally a vision casting trip. So we really want you to see the villages, see the women, attend a graduation. We stay at a wild animal park. So it's kind of a resort thing. And you get to I mean, the place where we stay, where you eat breakfast, the giraffes and the zebras literally come up on the patio while you're eating. That's pretty fun. In general, like what is this? What are we looking at? We're looking at 2000 per person. 3, Around three thirty-two fifty, I think, is what we were charging before, and that includes airfare, your stay at the resort, and all your food. So um, it's all in. It's everything's in. The only thing that you need money for is if you wanted to buy some, you know, trinkets at the market. Gotcha. So you know what? That's a pretty good deal. And that's a pretty good. And you go as a group, so uh -huh. it's controlled. Yep, absolutely. Well, as much control as you can have over a group of women, but yeah, that's yeah. A good <laughs> but that sounds really fun. Like, I'm like, how much does that cost? Can you sign me up? Like, you know, that's something that is, it just sounds, you know, really fun, especially, you know, for uh, some of us whose children, my kids are in high school and college. So, you know, I start looking going like, what could my life be like, you know, mm -hmm. and since I am women empowerment, I do like to help women. I know other people that listen to my show have that same, you know, desire to, to kind of not only give back, but kind of, I look at it as give a hand to a little sister. Yes. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. As soon as we, I'll make sure you guys know whenever our next vision trip is going to be, it was supposed to be this year and now I don't think it'll be till next year because it looks like the airlines are not going to get up again this year, but we'll just keep praying that eventually it will. We usually go in July. So it's uh, usually that graduation in July when we'll go. That's so fun. I love that. I mean, this is a fully, this is a whole big deal. So let's talk dolls. Let's talk okay. about the dolls. How did the dolls come up? Well, um, my marketing manager now, who now runs all of that for the dolls, was a client of mine and another one of my businesses, and she wanted to help with the school in Africa. And she just came in one day and said, have you ever thought about selling dolls? And I was like, no, why would I want to do that? <laughs> and so she just, you know, did a little research and came back to me and said, I think that this might be a really good thing to do. So we, you know, I did it, got a business consultant. We spent some months really doing market research and figuring it out. And, 
and my Melinda girls were born from that. So yeah, the doll is um, an African doll. She's 14 inches tall and she is fully clothed. Her dresses and headbands and scarf and everything are made by the graduates from the school in Africa. So the fabric is bought in Africa, the dresses are made in Africa and then they're shipped over here. And when you get the doll, you get, um, because the first doll is the Elizabeth doll. Elizabeth was one of our very first graduates. She's actually the star of our documentary. We have a, an award-winning documentary on the school and Elizabeth is featured in the documentary. So this is the Elizabeth doll. You'll get a bio on Elizabeth plus a picture of the original Elizabeth. And then you'll also get a bio on Manya. And Manya is the woman who is making, who made that dress that you have. Nice. A picture of Manya and a bio on Manya. And then there, you'll also have a lot of information on the school as well so it's a whole thing when you open up the box for the doll that's awesome and you've got malawi rose sapphire serena lulu mania i mean this is so and i just love the lulu dress with a matching head wrap like so this cute. is like barbie gone global like <laughs> it is so much fun i mean you guys have to check this out it's my malanda m-a-l-o-n-d-a girls.com Project Melanda, check that one out. I mean, this is so great. I'm so, I'm so proud to know you. I'm so proud of the work you're doing and I'll support you any way I can. I've already bought two purses, so ta-da! <laughs> like we'll get there and who knows, maybe I'll be sitting on a flight next to you soon. Oh, that'd be so cool. I'm telling you what, you and you'll love it too. And the other thing about those dresses and the dolls is that every dress is numbered. So we don't, when we get these, I mean, it's an issue shipping stuff, obviously from Africa. So when we sure. get boxes of these, they have fabric and their fabric is just really, you know, when they get a bolt of fabric, they may not have any more of that fabric. So she'll send me a bunch of dolls. I mean, dresses made by in a certain fabric. And then we get just that number of dresses and that's it. So um, every single doll's dress, all the Malawi Rose dresses are numbered. So when you get your doll, it'll have on the tag, this is not number three of 26. And gotcha. so you know, after 26, there are going to be no more of those dresses. So every one of them, as I said, are also kind of exclusively numbered too. Now, are the dolls, are the dolls different or are the dolls the same? The dolls are the same. Their hair is fixed differently. Gotcha. Eventually, I do have a school that is I'm kind of partnering with in Saudi Arabia. Um, and so I'm hoping that eventually we'll also have Middle Eastern dolls. We're going to have I want to build a school in the Philippines. So I'd like to have some Asian, you know, Asian dolls as well, depending on, you know, when we can get that started. But yeah. yeah and oh, my gosh. For collectors to collect yeah. all of them like that's that's amazing. And I have to tell you, the hair is so cute. Like oh, the most beautiful hair. Let's talk about the hair on these dolls, because that's a big deal. You know, like you, know. You, know, you can't. If, and if anybody's ever bought or had an African doll in particular, African-American doll and African doll, the hair can tend to be. I don't know. I, and I'm weird about stuff anyway. I don't sometimes and I never really liked dolls anyway when I was growing up. But now that I have dolls around me sometimes just because I have little girls around me occasionally, I hair can look really weird on dolls and, and it can feel weird. Yes. And hair on dolls can be very wiry. It's like they don't know what to do with it. And nobody's hair feels like that. So we were really picky about our doll and her hair is gorgeous. I mean, when we brought her out the first time and she was kind of, you know, we had to find the right doll and we finally found her and we felt her hair, it's soft and it, and it, you can fix it. You can like actually mess with it like human hair. It is beautiful 
curly, just gorgeous hair. I, I love the hair on these dolls. <laughs> I do too. Like, that's what I was, you know, I was so attracted to because, you know, I have boys and I never had girls, but I do know when I was a little girl, um, I would cuddle them, you know, or like snuggle them. And who wants to snuggle like a Brillo pad? Amen. That's exactly right. And, and my African friends, my African-American friends in particular, and my business consultant and the, the actual president of my board of directors for my nonprofit is African-American. And she was like, we cannot be having these dumb dolls that have bad hair. We have got to have good hair because African-American dolls or African dolls tend to have Brillo pad hair. And she was not going to have any of that. So yeah, she was kind of my, my, this, the buck stops here on the hair for the dolls. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of charity work and I remember I had a big fight with one of the charity ladies who's like, well, I'm going to buy $10,000 worth of this teddy bear. And I picked him up and he was like a rock. Oh, like the fabric was so tough, you know, like, and like durable, like, and it was just, it was like nylon or something yes. and it wasn't cute. It wasn't comforting. And, you know, and he was, was small. And I said, well, I would recommend, you know, this other bear and the, you know, we would, and I'm like, I'd rather, cause she's like, well, we can buy more if we get the cheap bear. Ah, uh, and I'm like, you know, I would rather have less kids get something they love yeah. than more kids. Cause you know how kids are. You raise kids. I had kids that I bet you a hundred people kicked that teddy bear to the curb because it was like holding a box of rocks. Yes. You don't want to. And girl, you know, we want these dolls. They're not, they will, I'm sure eventually be collector. Everybody collects everything eventually, but we wanted the girls to be able to play with these dolls and, you know, ha and have fun with their hair. And we're doing a photo shoot next week. Um, with a bunch of girls and their moms out in the park with these girls playing with the dolls and stuff. Cause that's really, you know, and the whole point behind my Melinda girls, my trade girls is to show little girls that they too can be entrepreneurs. Do you know what I mean? We really want to instill in the girls who play with these dolls that they too can start their own businesses. So we want them to, you know, hands-on, the dresses are Velcro so that they can, we're gonna begin, we're starting a new line of dresses that they can actually buy, dresses to change into the dolls. So we really want them to be able to play with them. You're right, nobody wants to play with something that doesn't feel comforting and soft and, you know, fun to play with. Right, and, and, the, you know, and lastly, you know, for anybody who has that crazy curly hair, like mm -hmm. I do, I roll mine straight, I have really curly hair, it's soft, but my brothers used to call me not mop top growing up. But <laughs> so when you have a doll like this, that looks like your hair, it's also affirming. It's yeah. also validating. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to be African. I've got crazy curly hair. And do you know, most dolls, especially going up, everybody had poker straight hair. Yep. Like mm -hmm. beautiful, shiny, you know, and I'll show you mine with rolled out. It is, you, you do know, have curly hair, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's heavy and curly. And if I don't roll it out, it's 10 feet by 10 feet, um, you know, and I keep it in a bun most time because it's really hard to control and contain. And most dolls have perfect straight hair. Yes. That's not mm -hmm. realistic. It's not realistic at all. And, you know, when I sent the, I sent three dolls, when we first, very first decided on these dolls, I knew I needed the 
the actual stamp of approval had to come from the Africans. And yes. so I sent three dolls to Malawi um, and had my pastor's wife's friend there. Her name's Priscilla Mgala. And Priscilla took the dolls to the, the women in the school, in the church, the women in the school, the women in the villages, and just made sure they felt the dolls were authentic. And if, she, if I hadn't gotten a thumbs up from them, we would have gone back to the drawing board. Right. And those moms would say, no, I don't like the hair. No, I don't like the doll shape. No, I don't like the face because the faces are really pretty. They are very beautiful dolls. I'm I'm very happy with them. And even though I'm not a doll person, I'm in love with these dolls. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. I'm looking at them going, these are super cute. I kept going purse or doll or purse or doll. And I'm like, you know what? The doll would sit in my office and collect dust and the purse I'll actually use. Absolutely. So, That's exactly right. I understand. <laughs> there you go. All right, you guys. So go to my Melanda girls. That's spelled my M-Y Melanda, M-A-L-O-N-D-A, girls, plural, mymelandagirls.com. Check it out. Look up Project Melanda. You'll be glad you did. This is a great, great thing. And we are all greater having had you on our show. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity and the, and the time to be able to talk about this. I'm so passionate about it. I'm sure you can tell. But I, I love every opportunity to be able to share about it. So thank you. Terrific. Thank you. All right, you guys, we'll be back again next week with another great episode. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 